Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Okay, and I mean that this week potentially more than others. Okay, a couple of blockbuster announcements have dropped in the last 12 hours. Firstly, Blink-182 are touring the world once again. How they've done that is beyond me. You know, Tom DeLonge had cancer. Travis Barker's scared of planes. Now fucking cancer is scared of Tom DeLonge. And I think Travis Barker's going to swim over. I'm not sure what's happening there. But they're touring once again. And then on top of that, the UFC has just announced they are coming back to Australia in 2023. Okay? So all I can say in response to both of those huge announcements is what a time it is to be a straight white male, truly. Okay? It's like God just said, hey, anyone named Jason, fucking rev your ears up for this. I've got two of the great announcements coming your way. Okay, so it's a great time. It's a great time to be me and uh, looking forward to both of them. Do you know what? Blink-182 and the UFC, there's a serious chance I cry at both of those events for different reasons. <laughs> but dude, it's all happening. It is all happening. It's not all positives though. Last week I did announce that, you know, Adzi was single again. And that me, Macca, and Adzi were now a united front. We were, the sense of camaraderie around the pad was stronger than ever. And, and we were looking to the summer with a renewed sense of optimism and vigor. And guys, I hate to break the illusion so quickly, but there has been some tension, some toxicity in the lad pad. There is a divide in the house. And unfortunately, I have to come clean and say that I am on the minority in this divide. It's Macca and Adji on one side of the fence, Billy Darcy, local comedian, on the other. Now, what's happened is the boys have started watching a television show without me, okay? Now, this is where to begin. Firstly, this is a personal attack like no other. Is it something you need to be concerned about night to night? To be honest, it is. Because traditionally... You know, we would have, like any household worth our salt, you sort of have one show you're watching while you eat dinner, and then you have, you know, your main show, okay? And traditionally, you know, stuff like Mandalorian, The Last Dance, some of the best times of our lives in the lad pad, you know, bonding as a unit. Now, dude, it used to be I'd come home from a gig, the boys are watching YouTube or they're asleep, or, you know, it's something I can easily just sort of park myself on the couch for and jump in halfway. The boys have started watching Breaking Bad without me. Okay? And here's the thing about Breaking Bad. I've never seen it. I've got nothing against it. It's a criti- it's a critically acclaimed television show. My issue is it's 50-minute episodes and it goes for seven seasons. So now, when I come home from a gig, the boys are five minutes in to a 50-minute episode And I've got to stand outside, sort of listen to some music outside, listen to a podcast in my bedroom, watch a a film on my laptop. I mean, these are all, this is all the behavior of serial killers, dude. I don't want to be milling around waiting to connect with my friends. 
you know? And there's been talks of them watching Better Call Saul straight after this. I'll tell you this, if they go into Better Call Saul, you better call another roommate because I'm done, you know? And it's just uncomfortable because we've just got so long to go. You know, I'm already, my, my nights have been ruined. Here's the thing, Breaking Bad, you can't just sort of pop in on Breaking Bad. They're, they're only up to season two, but I pop my head in for one episode. The blokes, you know, full head of hair teaching science. I come home from a gig two nights later. He's bald in the desert. There's a guy's body on fire. There's just Mexicans milling around. You know what I mean? And then I'm thinking, am I going to watch Breaking Bad one day? I don't want to ruin it for me, potentially. Then, you know, I ask them, hey, Macca, how was your day? It's all shut up, Bill, where we're in the middle of something. Your hair looks like shit, you know? Like, it's very distressing. And like I said, the here's the thing. I'm, I'm willing to sort of mill around on the outer for upwards of two to three weeks. But the boys have got five seasons to go. Sometimes I can tell when I'm out on the, on the outside area, they'll sneakily play the next episode and then tell me it's still the same one. You know, I said, I said, boys, I just saw the recap on the screen. They said there was a mid-episode recap. I said, I've never heard of such a thing. They said, Billy, get outside. Okay. So I'm on the outer, you know, I've lost, you know, we'll be hanging out on the weekends. The boys are like, oh, it's like, it's like that thing, White, Walter White, or whatever his name is said, Mr. Goodman. I don't know any of their names. Walter White. It's like that funny thing he said about the meth that time. Adzi and Macca in hysterics. I'm like half laughing just to try and feel included. The whole thing's very distressing. So we'll have to see how we go there. I mean, I might be too depressed to do this podcast this time next week, you know? Could be freaking moving back in with my parents just to have someone to watch a bit of telly with, you know? I'd rather watch Marion's Kitchen on SBS4 with mum because at least she'll fucking make a bit of conversation with me while we're waiting for the risotto to sort of, you know, clump up a bit or declump, whatever risottos do while we're waiting for the risotto to do that, okay? So I'm distressed, I'm anxious, and I'm still pumped up for the summer, I will admit. I will admit, single Adzi, um, I'll give you guys a brief update on Adzi's weekend. You know, he is in rehabilitation from his... Uh, you know, his time out there in love, okay? So we've got him back in single training, as discussed last week. And over the weekend, Adzi went to the NBL on Friday night. Obviously, I don't know anything about the NBL uh, because I respect myself. But I think, you know, if you're looking for single women, one place you don't go is a Sydney Kings game, okay? Not unless you want to meet some six foot four bird who's sort of towering over you. Uh, making you feel uncomfortable. So no birds at the NBL. And then on the Saturday night, Adzi just, there was talks of him going to the pub, but as I left for my gig, he was he was in the recliner in 180 degree position. Okay. Once you go past 120 degrees in our recliners, it becomes very difficult to leave the house, let alone rev yourself up to pe- potentially get rejected by upwards of six 22 year olds. So... Didn't leave the house Saturday. He went to the NBL Friday. I mean, that's not the sort of weekend that a single man in the lad pad puts together. Okay, so 
I've already given him a rocket. He said he'll be back stronger this weekend, and hopefully I'll have some better news for you guys this time next week. But, uh, you know, social, what's the word I'm looking for? Lost it. Anyway, the yarns from the week that was, firstly, I was walking, okay? Like any great joke, I was walking down the street, and I'm walking along Manly Beach. And if I could be completely candid, I just sort of finished running. You know, I'm trying to get into running and reading. And from what I can tell, they're both two of the most sickening activities known to man. I'm having a very difficult time attempting to enjoy either. But, so what I'll do is I'll run for like, you know, basically until I can't be fucked, which is sooner than you'd think. And then I'll just, and then I'll just begin my walk, you know? Because I love walking. Dude, I, walking and podcasts, I fucking love running and reading. It's like, I'm sorry, is this the Great Depression? Why am I trying to engage in either of these things? Okay? Running and reading is for people whose fridge is filled to the brim with onions and potatoes. Okay? The fridge is full. We have a fuck-off massive TV. I'm going to go for a walk and listen to a podcast and just really enjoy my life okay i don't see why i have to sort of engage in these hobbies from the 1940s but anyway so i'm walking post run ran for upwards of 11 minutes no need to congratulate me so i'm walking along manly beach and you see the fitness first guys start coming and you'll often see these guys at uh shopping centers but at, at in Manly Beach, it is off. It's not uncommon to just see these blokes in the wild. Okay, now I don't know if you need to get a permit to just unleash to like socially awkward, sort of out of shape people on the world in in some branded activewear, but you should. Okay, because they're just sending these psychopaths out into one of the most beautiful stretches of beach in Sydney, and it's like, ugh. You see them coming and you just go, right, bucket hat down, sunny's on. I'm, I'd call my mum just to have an excuse not to look at these people. And what happened was the guy goes, I've seen the guy coming towards me and he's he's been rejected like twice in a row for the seven-day free card, okay? So you know me. I'm a man of charity. Uh, I'm thinking I'll, I'll, I'll give this guy a bit of a hand here. So he goes, hey, mate, seven days of fitness first. I go, yeah, mate, why not? Okay, I've got my sunnies on, AirPods in, full, you know, defensive shields at the maximum. And he goes, he goes, hey, mate, what was your name? And I go, no. And I go, oh, I go, sorry, mate, I'm actually in a rush. And, And I am currently, I'm currently on the move when he engages me. So this isn't the worst lie you've ever heard. You know, in, in actual fact, I'm, I'm unemployed and I've got nowhere to be. But I said, mate, I'm actually in a rush. And then he goes, that's okay. I'll walk with you. Okay. So I actually honestly respected him at this point because this is his way of saying, hey, mate, I don't give a fuck how uncomfortable this becomes. I'm completing this transaction. And so I said, okay, well... I'm walking this way. I'm walking the other way, mate. So I said, oh, I'm walking this way. So this is the way we're walking. He goes, no worries, mate. So now my fucking leisurely lunchtime walk 
Now I've got this absolute fucking pelican tacked along with me in some, it's like the worst first date ever. He's like, hey, mate, so what was your name? I go, Billy. He goes, Billy, mate, Tomo, nice to meet you. And he goes, when was the last time you worked out in a gym, mate? And, you know, I've been pretty candid about the fact I fucking hate the gym. I go, oh, yeah, it's been a while, mate, maybe six months. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's all right, mate. A lot of people struggle to get back into it after COVID. You're not alone. And I'm going, oh, God, Jesus Christ, dude. And then I don't want to speak out of school. Okay, I don't want to get malicious on this podcast. It's not my goal, nor has it ever been. But I'll be candid. This guy's given me grief about when was the last time I was in a gym. I'm out out and about on a walk slash run. I'm in better shape than this guy. This guy's like kind of like a pudgy five out of 10. He's absolutely bursting out of his fitness first gear. And he's into me about the last time I went to the gym. And I'm just like, okay. Okay. I said, I'm like, yeah, yeah. COVID really disrupted everyone's routines. I mean, like this crap job interview now. And he's like, what's your number, Billy? What's your number, mate? I'm going to show you a text, mate. You come and check out the gym. I'll show you around. How does that sound, mate? And I go, fucking hell. So I gave the guy my real number because I was thinking, I bet he's going to text me in front of him. You know, it's like when you get a girl's number and you're like, this chick's, this chick's too hot for me. There's no way. And then you, you give it a quick buzz in front of her. I thought this bloke, I thought this bloke, I've fucking, I've seen you coming, mate. So I gave him my real number thinking this guy's going to text me in front of him and I could be like, yep, yep, sounds good. And he walks with me for like freaking 100 meters and I'm speeding up the walk trying to sort of ditch him. He's speeding up while writing my number and, and details down and telling me about the features of the gym and where it is. And I got to say, by the end of the interaction, I had a modicum of respect for this young man. And... uh he texted me later that day. He was like, hey, it's Sam from Fitness First or whatever. Come check out the gym, you bloody legend. And I thought, holy shit, dude. Does this man have the worst job on the planet? Are you telling me this is how this man is paying his rent? Because this is absolutely unbelievable. What is the conversion rate on strangers you've accosted in, at the beach? Okay? I mean, if, we're, if I'm walking into Woolies and some guy wants to be like, dude... I got 74 dead puppies over here. Do I, can I have five minutes of your time? I'll go in on that because it's, you know, it's part of the shopping experience. That's how I ended up sponsoring a World Vision child for six years. I just got ambushed at a fucking Westfield and panicked. Okay. I was also in one of those cancer RSL monthly raffles for like three years. Okay. Because I used to just be in my own head at the shops. Then you look up, some bloke's got a freaking a, a malnourished African child in your face going, can you spend 50 bucks a month on something that's not exclusively for you, you selfish piece of shit? And next thing you know, I'm handing over my credit card. So I'll go in on that at the shops, but I feel like the beach should be a safe, a safety zone, you know, a, a, a time for peace and quiet. Do not walk past me. I don't want to be offered any commercial opportunities while on my lunchtime walk, you know? I'm only out here for fucking to give my mental health a boost and to catch up on the latest podcast, okay? I'm not in the market for an opportunity, you know? And these charity muggers, you know, because you do feel bad when you brush these blokes, don't you? You know, you think, ah, oh, why did I do that? That was crap. And then it's like, well, hang on a minute. Who told you to get this job anyway? 
Did someone have a gun to your head? Like, if I, if you see me charity mugging, that means that I have been rejected from every other job opportunity on the planet. Okay, if you see me asking for donations for, for you know, blind helper dogs or whatever, that means I've been knocked back from every job opportunity on planet Earth. Okay? So, at the same time, I don't really have sympathy for them, but it's so uncomfortable. Anyway, so basically, this is the story of how I met uh, this bloke, Brian, or whatever his name was, and we went on like a 10-minute walk together while he told me all the features of a fitness first uh, that I will never join. So, is that an invasion of privacy, or am I a piece of shit? Make up your own minds and get back to me, okay? Anyway, then Saturday night, I did a gig... Real crap gig. I'll say this. I was in Thoreau. Thoreau. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, nor do I particularly care. Okay. Went down there, drove down. It's like two hours from my place. Sideways rain, whatever. I'm all about it. Okay. I bring uh, young Freddie McManus with me. He's booked on the gig as well. And we head down. It's great. You get a free burger, you get some beers. Everyone, it's sold out. This is going to be great. I'm headlining. What a time to be alive. Dude, not a good gig. Okay, I went up there and I literally just stood there for the first 30 seconds of my spot. No one's even looking at me. People are just like having conversations, you know? And it's bizarre because like I'm just sitting there. I'm just standing there, I should say. I'm just like, all right, I guess I'll just start... Like, I'm just sort of delaying. I'm like, yeah, good to be here. Okay. Love doing stand-up. Like, I'm just m- dragging my feet through the start. And I'm thinking, I'm not starting until any- until people are listening. That should be, at the very least, the bare minimum. And then I eventually started. And my God, it was just the most stop-start gig. Like, you'd be doing well. And then you'd be like, anyway, so what about this? And you do a setup for like all of four seconds. And then you just hear conversations piping up. At one point, I just stopped. I said, this room is too loud. You're all being too loud. Like, what are you doing? And this guy in the back corner just starts booing me. He's booing me, even though he for, he's interrupting me and then booing me for addressing the fact that he's interrupting me. You know? I mean, the people of Thoreau, not chill. Not chill at all. And uh, I didn't finish, finish a single bit. I got booed like twice. At one point on like this Wheat Bix punchline I've got, the front door opens and like four people just walk straight past the stage and they like stop right in front of the stage. They're like, oh, what's happening? And it's like, oh, I'm just in the middle of something, mate. It was like I was interrupting the people of Thoreau with my stand-up comedy. That was kind of the vibe. And uh, yeah, terrible gig. <laughs> Drove all the way back, uh, quite furious, and it was just absolute blood money. So thank you to the people of Thoreau. Freddie McManus was actually quite well received down there. So good on Freddie. Freddie had a great set. Um, No one listened to me for more than a period of 30 seconds. And the whole experience was quite humbling. So thank you, Thoreau. All right. Up next, I'd like to talk about something I saw the other day that was pretty bloody startling and got me thinking. So basically, I saw this bloke walking with his missus maybe 29, 30, you know, I don't want to judge his physical appearance, but he looked like an accountant and he had about $500 worth of Adidas active wear on, but he was just on a casual walk with his missus. 
Like he, they were drinking coffees. And it's like, dude, like if this is how you gear up for a walk around your local neighborhood, I mean, this is the sort of bloke who no doubt takes those weird metal poles with him on a bushwalk. You know what I mean? Like I was like, dude, I felt like this is a huge red flag with this bloke. And I realized people always talk about dating red flags. But, you know, there's red flags in the wild. I, I've got no interest in dating this local accountant. But I just looked at him and it was just like, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Just because I don't want to fuck this bloke doesn't mean I don't recognize an extreme red flag in his getup, you know? He had like three different Apple Watches on monitoring his like heart rate and his gender. And it was just, I just looked at him and thought, dude, you, you shouldn't have this much. Cool. It was also color coded and matching with like, you know, the socks and it was all Adidas head to toe. I reckon with the fucking Apple Watches and the Sunnies and the Adidas gear, the guy was kitted out in like three grand worth of stuff to walk around the block. Now that's okay if you're, you know, Jeff Bezos or something of that ilk. But if you're just a, a local accountant milling around in the wild, dude, this is a red flag, brother, you know? It's like serial killer levels of preparation for a monotonous task. You know, normal blokes, you want to see a normal bloke out there in the wild? Men's active wear, this is what it looks like. It should be the shorts of the last representative sporting team you played for, regardless of what age that was, and a crap t-shirt that is no longer cool, okay? That's a real man's active wear. You see a 37-year-old man going for his first run in 17 years. He's wearing his rep footy shorts from 20 years ago and a fucking piping hot t-shirt with a hole in it. That's a man, okay? That is a man. You know, you... Man, <laughs> oh, fuck it. I was going to say, that's the sort of bloke that would openly admit that Caitlyn Jenner is not attractive. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a man's man right there, okay? He'll say it at a work function. He doesn't give a fuck, okay? Old Mr. Adidas over here, he'll toe the line. He'll, he'll, he'll bloody toe the line big time, you know? He's a company man. But men, men, men's active wear, like, I feel like when I'm out there you know, pounding the pavement, allegedly, uh, walking briskly, etc. Dude, I'm like a billboard. The other day I was walking outside. I think I had like a mall rat t-shirt on, Cricket Australia uh, shorts and like Star Wars socks. You know, I'm basically a fucking Tinder profile on legs, dude. So, <laughs> whereas I feel like girls, girls are like deceptive. If, if a girl's wearing like a Harley Davidson t-shirt, don't, don't actually ask her about motorbikes, you know what I mean? Girls aren't like that, but I feel like looking good in active wear, it's a women's game. I don't think men should be attempting it unless you're sort of preparing for a marathon or something, you know? If you're legitimately training for an Ironman, then go nuts. But these blokes who are walking around the block in $4,000 worth of, you know, breathable material, I think you need to pull your head in, you know what I mean? But got me thinking about red flags. So I put it out on my Instagram for this week's pod. What are some red flags just in like across the board red flags? Not dating red flags, not work red flags. Just I'm saying you see this bloke across the street and you just go, bang, this guy's bad news. And I got to say, it's by far like when I used to do send in your fun fears and your trend ends and stuff, trend extend, what an error in the pod that was. But when I used to do that stuff, you know, I'd get good responses. There'd be, you know, plenty to choose from. 
the red flags thing, it was like, I, I could be still on out there scrolling through the answers. But it was by far the most popular thing I've ever received. So here's a couple that I picked out. I'm, I might just go through these for the next few weeks because I've got that many. But let me know if you enjoy it. Uh, dude, so here's a few red flags that were sent in. Firstly, shocks. Shocks? No. I've blown that. Edit that out, Bill. You idiot. Shocks. I'm shocked you have a podcast, you fucking idiot. All right. Here's what it is. I'm so keeping that in. Okay. First red flag, no show socks. You know these invisible socks that people are uh, people are wearing around where it's like, I mean, Adzi wears them. It's like it's like someone cut up a real sock and this is what was left. And people who are like don't want to let you know they're wearing socks. What are you hiding? You know, there's some sort of an agenda there because it's like it's like you've got tickets on your ankles or something. It's like you you think your ankles are so sexy you couldn't you couldn't possibly deprive the world of them that even even an ankle length sock wouldn't be sexy enough, you know what I mean? And it's kind of like the thing with no show socks is that you want you want the the sexiness of a man showing his ankles or woman, but also you don't want the social credit points that you lose from being someone who doesn't wear socks, okay? And anyone who engages in this sort of behavior, just know that we see you, okay? You've got a weird tan. Your tan should start above your ankles. I think either go full tan to the toes or start it above the ankles. These people whose who's, their tan starts like literally halfway up their foot it looks like you bought a bit of bondi sands and like ran out looks like you bought the wrong bottle or couldn't afford enough bondi sands you know what i mean that's the sort of vibe you're giving off and if you're one of those people who wears the no-show socks with the little pom-poms on the back you know on the on the back of the heel if you're not a 45 year old tennis milf i'm ripping those pom-poms off okay i'm gonna confiscate the back of your foot dude because I've seen a couple of, uh, I don't want to speak out of school, unattractive men with the fucking pom-pom type situations. I don't know if they think it's cool or what, or like, there's like a strap on the back of their socks. Dude, I'm ripping that shit off, okay? You better be a blonde tennis milf with a high ponytail and 15 grand on her chest. Otherwise, you have no business rocking pom-poms on the back of your no-show socks, okay? That's a red flag. Uh, next red flag, people who never saw The Simpsons. Okay, now this is this is a little portal into their into their childhood, you know? They obviously had weird parents who thought Bart Simpson was actually gonna corrupt their children. You know? It's like you're not watching The Simpsons, it's PG, you're only 13. You know? <laughs> people who are like, oh, I'm worried my son is gonna turn out like Bart Simpson. It's like your son is gonna turn into a two-dimensional yellow cartoon fucking hell i'd be worried too how malleable is your piece of shit son that he's going around basing his whole life off bart simpson i mean switch on as a parent at that stage i would say but the real issue with people who haven't seen the simpsons is that half my references are now out the window okay and there's that thing where sometimes there's and you know it's one of those things if you know you know but there have been times when I've absolutely, you know, you just slip in at a really classic Simpsons reference straight down the barrel. And they go, what? 
and you go, oh, you, you know, it's from The Simpsons. And they're like, oh, I haven't seen much Simpsons. And now it's like, oh, okay. And now we're just sitting in this because your parents were probably, you know, Pentecostal or something and wouldn't let you watch any fun television. Now feel that, feel that. There's no rhythm to this conversation anymore. Dude, if I, if I nail a Hank Scorpio reference off the rip and you don't respond in a hysterical manner, I think you should do prison time, dude, okay? You should do three to five at fucking Silverwater, you know? Your roommate's been done for bloody, you know, robbing a bank. He's like, what are you in for? He's, you could be like, oh, I was in a beer garden. This guy threw in a Hank Scorpio re- reference and I didn't pick it up. Dude, that's the sort of thing. They'll, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the other inmates beat the shit out of you for that sort of stuff. You get treated like a pedophile for that sort of business in prison. So huge red flag, people who haven't seen The Simpsons. Also, you're probably not funny if you haven't seen The Simpsons. I feel like that's most children's first introduction to proper humor was The Simpsons. And there's a lot of accountants out there who missed the boat. Now, this was a funny one that someone sent in. This is a huge red flag. People with a history of violent crime. (laughs) You know, someone who's been formally convicted of murder or rape or robbery. That's a red flag. I think we can all agree. (laughs) Whoever said that in, that fucking made me laugh so hard, dude. All right. Now, this next one, uh, this is honestly too even general for the sort of stuff I like to present on my podcast. You know, this is something you'd see sort of a, a, a local TikToker do, you know, the differences between, between trains and planes or something. One of them's in the fucking air, you know, but they've got 14 million views, so who's really laughing? And uh, this next red flag is a very general one, but it got sent in by so many people, I felt the need to address it. Red flag, people with Android phones, okay? It's a cliche, but it's also true. You can tell Android phones are crap because every time you ask someone, oh, is that an Android? They, they start the campaign. Yeah, it is an Android, mate. And they start listing the features like they actually fucking work for Samsung, you know? It's like, oh, mate, you know, look at the dexterity and the, the, the screen and, you know, it flips up and down. It's like, mate, are you making a bit of commission on the latest model of Samsung Galaxies? I just asked if it was a, if it was a bloody Android. You know, I didn't ask for the uh, spec requirements or whatever, you know. And it's like, they always start listing the features. It's so desperate. It's like, oh, they're like, mate, the camera is unbelievable. It's like, perfect, mate. Looks like you'll have the clearest photos ever of you and all the mates you don't have. You know what I mean? It's 2022. All cameras are fucking phenomenal. We Anyone who still brings up megapixels in 2022... You are clearly a desperate, desperate man. You know what I mean? That's like someone bragging they have HD television in 2022. It's like, yeah, we know, dude. Everyone does. In 2022, poor people have good cameras on their phones and HD television. So don't fucking list off a Samsung Galaxy with that as the lead feature. Okay, all cameras are good now, you know? And it's like, another one is they say it's so good for gaming. It's like, great, I'll tell my 13-year-old son when he's playing fucking Fortnite on the bus. But, mate, just to the naked eye, you appear to be 32 years old. So what's that about? 
Are you playing Age of Empires on the school bus, you fucking creep? <laughs> oh my god. But it's like, I don't know, dude. The battery lasts so much longer. It's like, well, there's an extra hour of WhatsApp conversations no one wants to have. Cheers. You know, the widgets are great. Some bloke told me that the other week. The widgets are great. Mate, I speak for everyone. What the fuck is a widget? Is that Latin for virgin? Get out of my face, dude. Okay? Uh, I feel like people who, like, stand by Samsung, they're just contrarians. You know? If you, everyone does one thing, they do the other. You know? Oh, you know? They're like, if you actually listen to Donald Trump, you know, he, he makes a lot of sense. It's like, mate, take your, take your Samsung and your racism and hit the bricks. Okay? <laughs> That might be a very long bow to draw at the end there, but still, someone had to draw it, okay? So there's a few red flags that were sent in. Thank you, everyone. I will... Uh, let me know if you enjoyed those. I guess I'll keep doing them. I've got literally a million that were sent in. Like, people... There were multiple people who sent in, like, eight, okay? So we'll keep them coming, I think. Okay, up next, a couple of topics I would like to crack into. So... One of my heroes, you know, Australian superstar, UFC contender, King Casey O'Neill. Uh, you know, she's one of the greats. She's currently injured. But what happened was a troll on Twitter tweeted that women's MMA is extremely low level, especially King Casey O'Neill. So King Casey tweets back saying, and also if you're not aware, King Casey O'Neill is a woman, okay? And a lot of people say, how can she be a king if she's a woman? And to those people, I say it's because she's the fucking king. And don't you forget it, okay? So King Casey tweets this absolute nerd back saying, hey, mate, why don't you come and spar me at the gym and we'll find out who's who. And this guy said, all right, well, I know where your gym is. You'll have your, your manager or your coach sign off and I'll come down and beat the shit out of you, love. He said it a little bit more subtle than that. And she said, well, I train at bloody Couture MMA in Las Vegas, 3.30 p.m. on Tuesday. The guy goes, I live in Vegas. I'll see you there. The coach said, as long as you sign the waiver, you're good to go. And obviously, this guy does not show up. Shock. Shock horror, okay? And there's a few things on this. We just are in a world at the moment without consequences, People can just run their mouth online without any repercussions whatsoever. You know, if it was me, I would, if, if I ran my mouth at King Casey, I'd go down there and get chinned on camera out of respect. You know, if I've done that, I'm going down to face the music. Okay. As I'm getting stretched out, I'd, I'd be thinking, well, at least I bloody, I talked the talk and I walked the walk. Okay. As King Casey is taking pictures with my lifeless body. I'd think to myself, well, at least I bloody fronted up, you know? But you get these blokes, and women, I guess, you know, people just run their mouth on Twitter and in real life, and it's like, people just talk now. There's just words on words. I used to work with a mate, like, for, as an example, I, I, Billy Darcy, local six out of ten who can't throw hands, I could get on my phone right now and tweet at Conor McGregor, to him, and I could say, Conor McGregor, I would fucking beat the shit out of you, you fucking low-life peasant. What a world to live in where I can send that message to Conor McGregor, you know? I used to work with a bloke who said that he could beat the shit out of Conor McGregor 
because he was 6'2 and Conor McGregor's only like 5'7 or maybe 5'9. And I was like, yeah, he's shorter than you, but do, do you understand that he would still kill you? And the guy said, honestly, I don't. I think I, I would be able to kick his ass. And I was like, this is just wild. This, what a world to live in where blokes are just walking around so deluded. And some people are typing these thoughts down and sending them to the internet. And it's fucking bizarre. Just the troll-hater culture in the modern world is just so pathetic. I think a lot of blokes, when they were 15, were hating Justin Bieber and never, like, let go of that energy. You know, dude, when I was 14, it was like, yeah, dude, Justin Bieber is gay. We were all saying it, you know? We were, everyone was saying it. It was the cool thing to say. But you know when you meet a 22-year-old and he's like, dude, as if you listen to Justin Bieber, that's so lame. It's like, what? We're not 15 anymore, dude. Justin Bieber is a billionaire. Shut up. <laughs> You know, but there's just no consequences. There's so many blokes out here just talking the talk, not walking the walk. Like you would never say to King Casey O'Neill at a Westfield, you're the most low-level fighter of all time. You'd wake up on unconscious outside of Boost Juice. You know what I mean? And that's why you would never say it to her. But we just seem to live in this world now where you could just, you could just say whatever you want without any consequences whatsoever. And I don't know if it's the best, if it's the best thing really. You know, because it's like streaking. When people streak, they fucking ruin that that game. But then streakers, they get smashed by the security guards. So it's like, no one's really angry at streakers because they always get caught. If streakers streaked and then ran home and never got caught, people would be like, fuck that guy, he just ruined that game. The reason we don't mind streakers is because Andrew Simons is going to snap this cunt in half in about seven seconds. And that's why streakers are hilarious, because they have to face the music. They get physically assaulted, fined $5,000 and banned for life, and that's why it's so fucking funny. But imagine if streakers were just at home tweeting about streaking, it'd be the most annoying shit ever, you know? So, I don't know. Just some thoughts there. I don't know what the fucking point of that was, but just people running their mouth and they're not turning up. Like, you know what I mean? Just trolls. Twitter's so Twitter's just filled to the brim with nerds and 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 just the weirdest shit ever. I used to be on Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter in like three years. All I followed on Twitter was comedians and Australian cricket players. And yet my whole news feed was Brexit at the time. And I think Donald Trump was president at the time, or he was running to become president. And that was my whole news feed. I didn't follow anything related to English or American politics. You know, Twitter just wants to rev you up and have everyone just be a cunt to each other. So lame. But anyway, so long live the King. And King Casey will be back next February at the UFC event in Australia. So looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, if King Casey wants to come on Get Around Me, there's an open invite uh, for her there. I doubt she ever would. But anyway, next topic. So this thing happened last week in the AFL. Now, I've, obviously, I've been candid in the past. I'll be candid now. I don't care about the AFL, okay? It's nothing personal. I'm just from Sydney and no one told me to, okay? I have nothing against the AFL. I could see myself getting into the AFL, but it's like no, until I was like 23, no one even mentioned it, okay? So you know, opening myself up to the world. But what happened was, 
So the Essendon CEO uh, for Essendon, that doesn't make any sense, but Essendon Football Club got a new CEO and he quit after one day, which is obviously, I mean, I've quit crap jobs before, but I'll always stick it out at least a week. So what happened was this guy is on the board of like a pretty full-on Christian church and he's like the head board member or whatever. And the Christian church is like on the record. They believe in like conversion therapy for gay people. They think being gay is a sin. They're anti-abortion, etc., etc. Even more alarming, this bloke is a former CEO of the NAB Bank. Okay. So he's a former banker. Red flag. You want to talk about red flags? Talk about a guy was a CEO of one of the big four banks. Red flag. But anyway, so they Essendon, it came out all this stuff about, you know, the conversion therapy and this sort of stuff. And Essendon Football Club said, mate, you've got to choose either us or your faith. And this guy chose his faith and quit the job. You know, fair play as well. I kind of respect the way he bloody, you know, two feet in the fucking wet concrete, let's go. Hold the line, you know. And because I'm sure there's plenty of people who are not as into their faith who would have just taken the bag. You know, they would have been like, what? Jesus who? This thing's paying 600K a year, dude. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wonder how many Christians would, who were like against gay people on principle, would just start hooking up with a bloke if they were offered 600K a year as a CEO. You know what I mean? <laughs> That'd be an interesting squid game, new squid game spinoff. <laughs> what is the number before anti gay Christians start hooking up with blokes? It's like 800K. They're just like, fuck it. <laughs> just start. Just start French. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, that'd be such a good game show. <laughs> okay. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So this guy quits after one day. And, uh, you know, because he chose uh, his faith and. This is interesting because obviously you can't discriminate against people for their religion. You know, if Essendon uh, AFL club put up an ad and said, uh, we're looking for a CEO, no Hindus, you'd be like, mate, what the fuck? Like, this is outrageous, you know? If they put up a thing saying no Christians, people would be like, this is disgusting, you know? So it's interesting because they didn't fire him, but they did. They didn't not fire him, you know? Like, they were kind of like, look, dude you know, gun to your head. And uh, it's an interesting one because this stuff with religion and sport is, it's it's been coming up and it's clearly going to keep coming up, you know. I was into those manly players with the rainbow jersey, but maybe potentially I was a bit harsh on those lads because we're all, you know, reacting to the world in real time. And, you know, these are issues that are new. So it's interesting because really this guy should have never got the job. Don't they do background checks on people? Like, I have to do a police check if I want to be, like, a casual postie. You're telling me they didn't do a background check on this bloke and find out he's on the board of, like, a pretty bloody full-on Christian church? Sure, like, wouldn't it come up in the interview, hey, mate, first question, how do you feel about gay and lesbian people? And this bloke could have been like, mate, it's funny you ask, I actually hate them. And then Essendon could have been like, mate, you're kidding. You hate gay and lesbian people. Well, fucking hell, mate. Don't watch our women's team. We're absolutely filled to the brim back there, okay? And not to mention four or five of the male players are no doubt closeted. So it turns out this probably isn't the job for you.
And then the Christian guy could have been like, dude, obviously not. And we never really even get in this situation, you know? Because, you know, you can't discriminate against people for their religious beliefs, of course. That's on the table, dude. But if I was a lesbian AFL player at Essendon and my boss was on the record of having said that being lesbian is a sin, I'd be rattled. You know, you're already a bit on edge around the the boss, the old hiss hoss, you know what I mean? If I was working for a company and my boss put out a statement saying anyone who has freckles is going to burn in hell because it's a sin, I don't know if I'd be turning up to the office Christmas party, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So, like, you can't discriminate, but also it is pretty uncomfortable. And uh, it's interesting, like, would would that affect his... Imagine... <laughs> okay, this is hilarious. <laughs> Imagine the CEO, the, the Christian CEO, like, refuses to pick lesbian players in the women's team. You'd be like, fuck, dude, what are you doing? Picking only straight women in a women's AFL team. That's like picking only white people in the NBA. You know what I mean? You're going to get smashed, mate. So... It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Uh, but yeah, because like there's so many people who are like heavily Christian. You can't discriminate against them. I mean, look, our last prime minister was a bloody hill songed up to the bloody gills and he ran the whole country. So if you can be if you can be Bible bashing your way to the very top job running the whole of this great nation, why can't you run the Essendon Football Club? You know, it's interesting. And the thing is that you've got to keep in mind the sponsors as well. I think a lot of this stuff is the sponsors giving giving the club a tap on the shoulder that, look, hey, I think Coles are Essendon's major sponsor. Coles don't want to have their name associated with this bloke talking about, you know, anti-abortion stuff and fucking conversion therapy for gay people. Coles don't want to borrow this. I'll tell you what Coles want to tell us about. They want to tell us about the prices and how down, down prices are down they are okay i don't remember a coles ad that said all gays are going to burn in hell also broccoli is 15 percent off (laughs) you know what i mean so i don't know dude i don't know because i thought because yeah i think this is going to keep coming up this whole uh religious views and sport thing because because companies want to come across as heaps progressive that's why they all paint themselves rainbow during pride month and companies are what pay the bills at a lot of these sporting clubs, you know? So it's going to be interesting if you've got like a star player who comes out and says, hey, you know, I'm the best player at fucking Carlton. And also I hate gay people. And then, you know, Mars Bars or whoever's the major sponsor of Carlton are like, hey, we don't want to be associated with that. We're going to pull our sponsorship if you don't pull his contract. And then Carlton are like, fucking hell, do we want to win games or pay the bills? You know? Who knows, dude? But I think this is going to come up more and more. It's going to be interesting. The uh, the Essendon CEO guy, Thorburn or Thorgood or whatever his name is, he said there needs to be more tolerance for religion in the workplace. Which, you know, on paper, I'll go in on that for sure. But at the same time, I don't know if you can ask for tolerance so you can use it to be more more intolerant of a particular group you know i can't be like fuck we need more we need more tolerance in the workplace so i can be mean to korean people you know what i mean it doesn't i don't know if that's how tolerance works mate i don't know 
I've said tolerance so many times the last two minutes, I don't even really fucking know what it means anymore. But I don't know, dude. This whole sport and religion stuff, I thought it was open and shut, you know, put on the rainbow jersey, shut up, lads. But I, I think that was maybe a bit short-sighted of me. So we'll have to see what happens in the coming years. But I'm telling you, eventually one of these Christian lads is going to go, fuck this and take the bag. And uh, it's going to be interesting. So Thorburn chose his faith. We'll have to see if the next bloke will. Because surely eventually someone's going to take the money and say, yeah, all right, I'll put the Bible down for this one. But I don't know, dude. We'll have to see. Anyway, the camera ran out. And I think I was rambling too much about that anyway. I got one more thing. We got the project and then I'll be out of your hair. Okay, so the project for this week, the project is the segment at the end of each episode where we, excuse me, celebrate Australian talent, killing it here and abroad. Okay, Uh, speaking of the project, Kerry Bickmore, host of the project, actually quit today after 13 years. So we wish Kerry the best. Uh, maybe she could, she might transfer to get around me and run the project here. What a coup that would be for the pod. But no, here we go. The project for this week, I'd like to highlight the Australian under-17s football team uh, just won an Asian, their first Asian Cup qualifier against football powerhouses, the North Mariana Islands, okay? What a game it was. Uh, NMI, as they're known around the football circuit, uh, they're tough. Okay, they're very good. It was an extremely tough first half. North Mariana Islands came out and passed the ball well. They look quick. They move the ball quickly. And, uh, you know, they, they clearly had played together for a while. You know, they've got a good system over there on the North Marianas. And it was a tough game. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you at all. We were lucky. We grinded and uh, fought back hard. A couple of good saves from our keeper. And we were lucky enough to go to halftime. 10 nil up, okay? Um, we came out of the break, you know, refreshed, ready to go. Foot on the throat was echoed by some of the lads in the change rooms. Uh, Max Healy was subbed off in the 55th minute with a mere hat-trick. We may never see him in a Socceroos jumper again. And uh, very back and forth in the second half, you know, ebbs and flows, highs and lows, etc., etc., I miss my ex-girlfriend. I tell you what, we did it by the skin of our teeth. The boys won 23-0, okay? What a moment for Australian football. For us to take down football juggernauts, and I don't use that term lightly, North Mariana Islands, (laughs) to defeat them 23-0 in an absolute nail-biter is one one of the true glorious days in the footballing history of this nation. So congratulations to the Australian under-17s. Uh, unfortunately, Max Healy with a hat-trick was the worst on ground, player rating 1 out of 10. And uh, and yeah, just congrats to the lads. Just wanted to give them a shout-out. Just a fantastic, fantastic moment. Also on the project this week, George Cambosis is fighting this weekend. Now, George Cambosis is the number one lightweight contender on the planet in boxing, If you recall, he fought Devin Haney in June in Melbourne, and I hyped up that fight something fierce. Me and Maka visited his gym beforehand. It was all happening, dude. I think I spoke for 25 minutes about George Cambosis before that fight. And to anyone who watched that fight on my say-so, 
I apologize, okay? You, there's a good 45 minutes of your life that I owe you. Um, it was a terrible, terrible fight, and George Cambosis lost thoroughly, okay? Now he is rematching for the belt again against the same guy. We'll have to see what happens. Um, George is no longer the champ, and I think, honestly, thank God, okay? I've never seen a bloke handle being champ worse. He just got so arrogant. <laughs> he referred to himself as the emperor, <laughs> One guy said, so you're the king of the lightweight division. And he corrected him. He said, no, 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 I'm the emperor. <laughs> so he really started drinking his own Kool-Aid, old George. And uh, yeah, on one podcast, he said uh, one of his big victories was against this guy called Mickey Bay. And he said on the Bloke in a Bar podcast, he goes, he goes, Mickey Bay is a former world champion and one of the most awkward, unorthodox boxers on the planet. He said, no one ever looks good against Mickey Bay. I looked unbelievable. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, too much hoopla last time. He sold out a stadium. He was do. I was in Melbourne at the time. It was crazy. The Greeks were going nuts. You know, George had a lot of on his plate promotion-wise. He said it all got too much. Now he's a contender again. He's paying... F I'm not saying to bet on George Cambosis, but I'm saying at what point does the value get you out of bed? Okay, Devin Haney is paying $1.17. George Cambosis is paying $5.50. And he's paying $11.50 via points. Okay? $11.50 gets me out of bed. I'll be honest, guys. I'm not saying he's going to win. But here's the thing. He's an Aussie fighting for the belt. I'm chucking money on out of principle. Okay? And at these odds, I'm thinking, fuck, this isn't too bad at all. Okay? George has made the adjust adjustments. He put on Instagram the other day, the emperor is dead. He's been sleeping in his gym for the last month. He sent his family to Portugal for six weeks so they couldn't distract him. Okay? You ever had to focus up on something so much you sent your fucking whole family to Portugal just to get them out of your hair? That's how serious he's taking this dude. And he's also said that he'll retire if he loses this fight. Okay? He's sleeping in the gym. He's, it's all on the fucking cards here. 11.50 by points. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying that if it does, you'll fucking hear from me. You know what I mean? So chuck that on. That'll be on Sunday. Go, George. Go, George. And then finally, uh, former Project alumni Sky Nicholson, Australian boxing superstar. She's also fighting on Saturday on the uh, DAZN card. And you can only watch that on DAZN Boxing. Honestly, don't even try. It's I've, I don't know how to bloody... you got to get like the DAZN app and get a subscription. Don't even worry about it. I'll tell you how she goes next week, okay? And uh, that is the podcast for this week. I think it was good. I actually really like this one. So up next, Rowan Arneal returns to the pod. We will no longer be having guests on Get Around Me apart from Rowan until Christmas. You know, I did like the idea of having guests, but I think really you need like a cool studio or something or or just some sort of a studio space because I was just having people over to my bedroom and it's just fucking weird, you know? It's uncomfortable. So Rowan's one of my best mates and he's absolutely hilarious. So the podcast we did together was great and we've done... He was on last week. It was funny. This week's by far the best one we've done. 
And so basically the solo podcast is going to continue as is. And then afterwards, there'll be like a half an hour, 40 minute. It's just pure bants with me and Rowan. Like we literally like make no notes. All bants. Have a good one. Catch you later. And Rowan will be appearing each week until Christmas. So we'll see how that goes. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, And yeah, cheers for listening, dude. Thank you. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. All right, legends. Welcome back to another guest episode of Get Around Me. The guest series, I'm willing to say it's come and gone. Okay, this Rowan is back. Rowan will be joining us. Rowan will be joining us for the rest of the year in sort of an ad hoc guest type situation uh, due to the fact that he lives around the corner. Okay, so people talk about talent in show business. What I'm looking for is proximity. And that's what this young man has. Welcome back, Rowan. How are you going? Location, 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 baby. Just like Jamie Jury said. And you also, you're my mate, so you don't mind me being in your bedroom. A lot of it has to do with the bedroom thing. (laughs) I didn't think about how truly embarrassing it would be to have like other comedians over to my tiny bedroom and we're just like sitting on top of each other with microphones. This bedroom is is built for a solo podcast, you know? Mm. It really is. All $320 worth of it. (laughs) Okay. I resent that tone. And you know what? If you want to live within walking distance of the beach and not be under the roof of your parents, <laughs> this is what it looks like, mate. Mm, yeah, I'm sorry. How is that going? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. The routine, the root, my routine after years of building it up, it turns out it's fucking undisturbed. Like it is, it just keeps going. I can move back home. I'm still smoking weed and writing jokes at like 12 o'clock at night. Oh, so there's been no adjustment to your habits? Fuck, it's been a huge cost reduction. They'd left some rosé out on Saturday night. I came back from gigs, treated myself. Because your roommates, they're kind of like, sorry, your parents are like your roommates, but Mm. you can just take whatever you want from them. Dude, whole pack of Monte Carlos on Saturday night in bed with a big glass of milk, dipping them in. (laughs) That's living. Yeah, that's living. that's so true. When it comes to your parents, when I go to my mum and dad's, sometimes if I'm just in the kitchen and mum's talking to me, I'll just like go through the vitamins and just see what I'm in the mood for. <laughs> yeah. You know, ooh, feeling a little low on magnesium, mm. you know. But whereas, mate, I'm, with these boys here, if I took even half a slice of Adzi's pizza, mm. that could be a physical altercation. Yeah, exactly. It is. I'm sure it'll run thin. And look, there's a time limit on it. But right now, it's just like you can just roll around in the filth. But my dad does need to turn down his... his when he thinks I'm high or well... Possibly knows, definitely knows. Yeah. He he asks me a question, and then when I respond, he has this wry smile and goes, "Okay." Oh right. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "You got to fucking turn down the wry smile a little bit." Yeah. Brother. So he's getting a little bit smug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a touch of smugness and a little bit of condescendingness, and it's like, let's well, just let's just turn it down a little bit. I'm already back home. This is a defeat. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. We don't need to sort of put salt into the wound mm. that is this whole situation. The battle has been lost. The war will be won. Exactly. But that's e- what we're sticking to. Exactly. Bro. I am Conor McGregor. Okay. <laughs> but it's weird how, like, you do, you do just get a free pass in life to mug your parents off senseless. And as, as far as not mugging them off, but, like, you know, 
if if there's you know a Tupperware container with some pasta going in the fridge, mm. that's everyone's pasta at at home. Mm. But if you're in an apartment and your roommate has some pasta in there, I fucking dare you, brother. It's so rude, dude. That's so rude. That's my pasta. And instead, I just mug off someone that like gave birth to me. Yeah, which is like such a mug off, dude. I think I was trying to write a joke about this once, where like I could like Maka has seen me. Macca's my best mate, has seen me strike out with women, bomb on stage. I could not give a shit. Yeah, yeah. If some guy I barely know sees me do those things, I'm like so embarrassed. So embarrassed. So embarrassed. It's like the more someone loves you, the Mm. less you give a fuck about them. Yeah, yeah. Or at least their perception of you. It's like when my girlfriend was at a gig we were at recently and you're like, oh, you're ready to bomb in front of her? And I'm like, bro, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, This woman loves me. (laughs) I could give a shit, bro. This woman will see me cry. There's a countdown running right now in my head. Has she not seen you cry yet? She's totally seen me cry. Ah! (laughs) But I did want to keep that. (laughs) Dude, I'm sick of coming to her room and just fucking... Acting like a piece of shit. God damn it. Then <laughs> a job site on Tuesday thing like, why the fuck did I tell everyone about gaslighting my own mother and illegal dumping? I'm yeah. just a good boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't ask you to talk about any of that stuff, mate. So, don't you dare point the finger this way. But, uh, mate, I will say I actually cried three times on Sunday night. <laughs> Continue, continue. It's true. It's true. Um, but the, the reason I cried is pretty on brand. Yeah, yeah. I watched the America's Cup documentary on Netflix of when we beat them in 1983. <laughs> and, it, mate, honestly, I'd fucking defy anyone to watch that thing. Mm. Watch a small nation like Australia give it to these Americans on the world stage. <laughs> mate, I'd defy anyone. Honestly, I, uh, I cried when Bob Hawke addressed the team directly when we were down 3-0. I cried when we looked like we were going to win. I cried when we won. Oh, yeah, that is beautiful. It's a beautiful achievement. Man. Yeah. Any Anyone that's ever dated me knows that when I'm scat and I'm feeling a little bit weak, I'm afraid we're watching the Andy Irons opiate documentary. Oh, that one. <laughs> and the last scene, his son putting up his hand to Andy's oh. spray painting. <laughs> Dude, that Andy Irons doco, I watched it with Macca. That's the other thing is Macca and Adji have seen me cry a lot. <laughs> as far as, not a lot, but of the people who've seen me cry, it's mm. mostly them. Yeah, yeah. One time we watched Bridge of Terabithia together. So that's, <laughs> all bets are off. What I will say is that Andy Irons doco is not chill. It's not chill at all. Through the last 15 minutes of that thing, it's like, whoa, you're just in the hurt locker. Bro, he just loved her, bro. He loved Lindy. Oh my God, dude. Andy Irons... So, if you're not aware, Andy Irons is a dead surfer with the hottest wife on the planet. Hottest wife, and unfortunately... And he still chose fucking opiates. Mm. That's how good opiates are, dude. That's how bad bipolar is as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. (laughs) Hell of a surfer. Hell of a surfer. But, dude, Andy Irons was like... The fact that he died like on his way home and he left her that, that voicemail. Oh, my God. Where he was like, oh, I'm, I'm in a bad way, but I just need to get back to you. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going so well. And and I'm watching... Because I'm, I'm like a casual surf fan. I don't yeah, know yeah. everything about Andy Irons. I knew he was dead. But I was like, that's okay. He, we'll sort it out when you get home, Andy. <laughs> oh, I knew he died in the hotel room. Dude, yeah, it's fucking... God damn it, dude. 
I think we're so lucky we don't have like opiates and like pill culture in oh Australia. Oh my god, so bad. I got enough on my plate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. For keep cocaine super expensive and keep opiates out of this country. Oh, dude, literally. Life please. is hard enough as it is. Please, dude. Honestly, I'm. I got my fucking hands full with vapes. <laughs> 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 so, so you're, you're telling me that I, well, how would I like, I don't need Xanax and all this shit mm. on the table as well. Okay. It just seems like more shit to fucking get into mm. and then desperately try to get rid of. Yeah. I had a Xanax month and it, um, yeah, torpedoed me pretty hard. What? I don't think I've done Xanax. Oh, yes, I have. It's just sort of a nut, like it just numbs you it's up. Like a, hey? Yeah. But if you're someone that, I don't know, for some reason I react to it very energetically. So I like want to go to the pub and stuff. Oh really? Yeah. Some. Yeah. So I like I'm, I perk up and I'm like real chatty and I want to go surfing and stuff. It's but I'm like so relaxed about it. It's so bad for my life because I can function like yeah, that. Yeah. And then you the need to take one. more. And then if you don't have any, then you feel like you can't walk the next day, and you're just like so like fucked up. It, yeah. It's really really bad. Well, there you go. There you go. Don't do Xanax. Don't do Xanax. I mean, you keep saying you don't want to come across as a piece of shit on this podcast. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I was briefly addicted to Xanax. <laughs> I wasn't addicted. My friend had a problem. Sometimes I do them with him. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. But uh, what was I going to say? We're talking about opiates and anti-ions. Fucking I've, lost it. I have no idea what we're I talking had another about. thing I was thinking about, but... Yeah, I don't know. Just the whole opiates thing, like, I think, no, nah, I had something else. We were talking about Andy Irons. I had this sick thing, and then we went off on the whole Xanax thing. Opiates in Australia, got your hands full with vapes. Oh, yeah, dude. Because, like, when they said you can no longer import vapes, oh, I was like, yes. My government has come to my aid. I know. I thought, yes, fuck, this is over. And I don't, I like don't vape every day. In fact, like during the day, I never ever fucking vape. But I used to vape every day. You vape heaps. Too much. Too much. And uh, and also, if I have literally even like one sip of a beer, mm. I simply must vape. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's the worst habit. I fucking hate it. And dude. as someone who Billy often scabs off, I agree. It is a bad habit that every time you have a beer, you need a vape. It's killing me socially. I was so happy when they got illegalized. I, these goddamn Jordanians down the road from here. I thought, see oh, you later, the, guys. The You're TSG. Over. The TSG, Mate, bro. they're thriving they're at the thriving. TSG. And I always ask them, hey, is business good? And they're like, oh, bro, very good. I'm like, yeah, no shit. This is the most addictive thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Dude, what is going on with vapes? Because- I was so happy. Apparently, they got raided the other week. Mm. But I don't understand. So, they raid the TSGs. Like, they're a- Just they're raid a, them the next day. They're, they're always a, selling it. I don't understand. So, they're illegal to import, but not illegal to sell. Or illegal to sell, but not illegal to import. Or one of those. But then, so they go- Like, there are some TSGs that literally have a sign out the front that says vapes. Mm. Come and buy your vapes here. Okay. So, then the cops raid that. They take all the vapes. And then they just, the next day, it's it's back to business as usual. Every day. So. Yeah, they got raided in Manly. Back to business. Yeah, they got raided in Manly. You wouldn't even know about it. Dude. They're if, thriving down there. If this there. continues, I want to turn myself in. Just go to the cop shop. <laughs> and be like, bro, I'm sorry. I can't. This I'm, I want to do this all the time. 
put me in a jail cell without these. I'm a criminal. Please, I can't stop. I'll vape in a cop's face and just be like, look at me. Look at how illegal this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would love to blow vape smoke in a, cop's, in a cop's face and say, I personally imported this. Yeah, I personally imported this and <laughs> there's 300 more in a box that I'm carrying. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Here is the receipt. I just picked them up from the airport. Please put me away. Oh, it's completely untenable. But I don't know. Dude, I, I feel strongly that nicotine is like the most addictive thing. Like as far as like, I reckon it, when we're half robot in 40 years, cunts will be putting like nicotine USBs into their skull, you know? We were so close to escaping us all being addicted to nicotine as well. It was just like we were smoking was phasing out a fair I, bit. And dude, I, I quit smoking and then vapes came. Dude, here's the thing. Vapes have fucked it for everyone. Mm. Because here's the thing. Take me back. Remember the first vapes, those little USB ones? Oh, yeah. Take me back. Mate, those things, 200 puffs. They'd, they'd last you like two nights. Then you'd throw it in the fucking bin and get on with your life. Mm. As soon as we went to these sort of... Uh, these wooden log 3,000 puff things <laughs> that, you know, you can, you can, these are intergenerational, some of these vapes. You can pass, <laughs> dude, you can pass them down to your fucking kids when mm. you die, you know? And that's the problem with the vapes is they never end. They never end. Dude, before vapes, I go to the pub on the weekend. I have fucking three cigarettes in the smoking area at the stain. I wake up on Monday and it's back to business, okay? Yeah, yeah. Cigarettes end. Mm. Whereas the vape, the vape's still in your pocket and you're fucking passion fruiting your fucking head off yeah. at 11 a.m. on a Monday. I'm on a self-ban currently. I'm back to cigarettes. Okay, yeah. so I take issue with that because you told me that your girlfriend banned you. Oh, okay. You're a bastard. It was a, I, was, I was already lamenting the fact of how addicted I was to vapes and she said- it's time to get back to cigarettes. We were sleeping on a vape cloud at night. Both of us were vaping. It you're, wasn't good. You were vaping in bed. Hardcore, bro. <laughs> two in the morning. Wake up, two in the morning, take a piss, have a vape. First thing in the oh. morning, roll out of bed, roll towards the vape. So now cigarettes, I have to wait till I have a coffee. And I've also bought the How to Quit Smoking book, which is also... Oh, is that the, the book where you smoke while you quit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reading it while going camping this weekend. Dude, fucking tell me how that works. Because yeah. um, I want to give it to my parents, but they hate that shit. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But apparently it really works. Nikki Glazer was smoking like a pack a day. Mm. And she read the book and she like swears by it. McGowan quit that way. That's what McGowan told me. Yeah, yeah. Dude, McGowan told me he was smoking like two packs a day or something. Mm. He was a crazy smoker and um, I've never seen him even touch a cigarette. Yeah, nine years, he said. Yeah. Yeah, Brad Pitt also quit. So there's, there's Brad Pitt. Me, McGowan, Brad Pitt, we're all in the I mean, same kind of dream oh, boat. I mean, what a barbecue capacity. that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rowan Arneal, Jared McGowan and Brad Pitt. Me, the hell, mate. Yeah. Who is the alpha male? In that wow, mm, okay, yeah, undoubtedly me. Yeah, dude. Uh, there's something about when good-looking people smoke. It's such a fucking vibe. It is a vibe. Do you remember that? Um, those pictures that were going around of Brad Pitt when he was like giving out food to the homeless or something, and he was in like a truck. Oh yeah, and then yeah, he, New the, Orleans. Yeah, I and, think it was hurricane disaster. I think. Maybe. Yeah, something like, like that. Katrina but then, or some shit. Then he was on smoker. He was like in the back of the truck punching a ciggy with a coffee. <sighs> Dude. He's so hot. It's crazy. He's so hot. It's nuts. <laughs> He's so fucking hot, dude. And like, it does seem like if you are going to smoke, 
yeah, there are negative health consequences. But it does seem like if you're good looking enough, they won't apply to you. Yeah, definitely. Which is why I need to read the book. Yeah, you are. You're not there. I'm on the cusp, probably. I'd say you're there or thereabouts. <laughs> but you are. You are not attractive enough to smoke till you're a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And also. You need to like it a bit. You can't like constantly be like, I fucking hate that I do this. It's also a bit of a bit of a bummer for everyone that is around you, really. Yeah, it's such a fucking vibe though. Like mm. it's interesting. I'm so keen for a cigarette after this now. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably bloody join you. But uh <laughs> No, I'm very casual in my nicotine habits, but and that's why I didn't like the vapes. Because mm. cigarettes Mate, with cigarettes, I'm sitting in behind the jab. I'm keeping my distance. Mm. I'm circling out. (laughs) I'm very very much in control of the fight. Mm. Mate, vapes. Vapes is like when (laughs) Mr. T rocks up in Rocky (laughs) 3 and his coach is like, you don't want to borrow this dude. Mm. Do not engage with this man. And I was like, dude, it's all nicotine. Let's fucking go. Mm. And then I'm getting pieced up. Yeah, Yeah. Real bad. Yeah, you're not anywhere close to strong enough for vapes. Dude. You need such better self-control. Yeah, it's bad. It's really it's and you know it's bad for your bloody mental health because then I'm you're fighting these battles trying not to vape, mm. and then you're like, oh, you fucking piece of shit! Like, why are you vaping? <laughs> and then I'm thinking, dude, four years ago, I didn't have to worry about any of this shit. Yeah, yeah so true. Yeah, it wasn't a constant constant turmoil of Rowan. You've gone through three vapes in a week. It's time to look in the fucking mirror, <laughs> dude. I know, and uh, yeah, it's just frustrating. But uh, but I will say, yes, yeah, smoking is so cool. I was just watching, I'm um, rewatching, I should say, um, the Anthony Bourdain doco. I haven't seen it yet, and I oh, love Bourdain, dude. What's it on? It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's why I haven't watched it. Yeah. Um, dude, it's so good. And you want to talk about a cool guy with always had a cigarette in his mouth, dude, that guy, I've been watching him smoke cigarettes and, um, he's like typing, writing a book. He's writing a book about being in a kitchen for 20 years and he's a former heroin addict and he's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And I'm like, this (laughs) is what it's Mm. all about. Mm. Yeah. That is what it's all about. Yeah. Having a kitchen cigarette makes it so much cooler as well. You finish shift with some dudes with sleeve tattoos and some Brazilian guys and you have a cigarette and you're like, damn, we are fucking tight. There is actually a war to be won here. This is important. Dude, 100%. And I'll say this. um, As far as Anthony Bourdain, that's how you smoke cigarettes. All right. The guy is a fucking artist. He's out Mm. there writing weird shit down, talking to people in Nicaragua. That's how you have a cigarette. Mm. What is killing the cigarette is these these guys who are like these office guys who have like a cap with three sugars and a cigarette. Yeah, and I they're was, like bursting out of their fucking button yeah. up. I think and they just weight sweating. has a lot to do with it. Yeah, the fat guys who smoke are killing the mm. image of smoking. Skinny guys must smoke, not fat guys. Dude, Anthony Bourdain is like a rail. Mm. He's he's bought, He's not ripped. He's like heroin ripped. You know, yeah, it's cute for sure. You know where it's like? I guess he's technically thin, <laughs> but <laughs> it's he's heroin he, chic. Yeah. yeah, he's heroin chic. Yeah, yeah. at the Garbos, you used to be able to because like Maori dudes are built so big. But if um, they've been addicted to meth at one point in their life, it's suddenly a Maori guy that's like skinny, even though he's not addicted yeah. to meth anymore. So you'd just be able to tell who are ex-meth dudes by the skinny Maori dudes. No, it definitely- Because that's the only way it exists. Yeah, it's it's interesting because there there's something about meth and heroin where it must- I, I mean, 
I'm not even going to begin to explain. (laughs) (laughs) These two very nasty drugs. (laughs) No, but like, as far as what it does to your metabolism, because, mate, Anthony Bourdain in every fucking show is just beers and cigarettes Mm. and eating whatever the fuck he wants. Mm. And the guy's a rail. Mm. But, um, mate, apparently we've gone from health to fashion here. This is something I'm as equally unqualified to discuss. <laughs> Apparently, heroin chic is coming back. Oh, yeah. That doesn't surprise me, hey? Yeah. Do you think we should both get into heroin chic? I think it's honestly something I could rock. Because both of us kind of don't give a shit about how we dress already. So, it's like we could just... Whoa. I... <laughs> Wait on oh, a minute. I'm sorry. You feel like one Morat shirt. There's like a couple of other band shirts and some party shirts. You think I bought those by accident? Oh, yeah, true. This is a big part of your personality. Fashion. <laughs> High fashion. I'm just saying that I'm fucking a lot closer to heroin chic than I am to being some sort of a jacked cunt. So, mm, yeah, I think it would be... A, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, I think it would be a lot easier to be heroin chic. Yeah, yeah. You well, just got to get like some fucking, uh, you know, like a... What are those um, pins? Like a hairpin? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to get like a, a hairpin tattooed on you. Just some stick and pokes. Yeah, just get some small ones, like a little, uh, maybe a pigeon. And then like maybe something in just Latin. Just a small get around me tattoo. Yeah, I'd get get around me tattooed, <laughs> but in Braille. In Braille. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And then Thank you can, God. And then blind blind chicks at the pub can be like, can feel my arm and be like, holy fuck, it's Billy Darcy. <laughs> The dumbest cunt. <laughs> Dude, that'd be sick. But, uh, mate, apparently, this is what I read. Apparently, heroin chic is actually extremely problematic because it just, um, like, to pull off heroin chic, you have to just be fucking borderline anorexic. Mm. And so, apparently now, the next bloody, there's going to be a whole another. This is really something for Shameless or another podcast to tackle. But... Uh, <laughs> This is- now we're into eating disorders. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going down, you're covered with me, mate. And uh, Someone read a BuzzFeed article about heroin chic this week. Well, that's the thing. So when I'm looking for stories for the podcast, I often ingest news that was not meant for me. <laughs> yeah. I did that when I was writing for the Chaser guys. I just have to go and read like so many articles until halfway through the day I was like yeah I've like written a bunch of comedy but I kind of like want to go home because <laughs> I read a bunch of news and it was kind of bummed me out and was super boring and it's not really for me oh my god dude the news is so depressing <laughs> especially when it's political it's like I'm too much for nihilist I'm like I don't give a fuck about any of this whatever oh dude it's brutal but uh like I'll go on the news sites but I'm I'm immediately trying to get to the entertainment and sports sections <laughs> You know, but before before you get there, it's like homepage. It's like fucking Vladimir Putin did this and you're going, oh, God, no. <laughs> He's being a silly boy still. <laughs> now I'm just spiraling on a Tuesday. Like, it's it's too much. I watched Fox Sports News this morning. Oh, you really are lounging, aren't you? Oh, I'm lounging, bro. <laughs> Dude, do you, do you know how hard it is to get out of bed when you have nowhere to be? Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, it would be so... Uh, yeah, it could be good. But I imagine you might be getting a little gluttonous with it. No, I'm not really a sleep-in guy. Like, mm. uh, if I sleep in, it's till like 9am. Yeah, for yeah. me, that's a sleep-in. Yeah, me too. And then after that, I honestly get FOMO for life. Mm. Past nine, it's like, what are these cunts up to that I'm missing out on? <laughs> They're at work. They're at fucking work, <laughs> mate. 
But uh, no, so if I wake up early, if I wake up before like 8.30, like I, I, it, traditionally I've been waking up at 8 a.m., mm. which is pretty good. That's pretty good. It's not great, but it's also not bad. I think you're allowed to wake up at 8 a.m. Yeah. And also I'm going to bed at like, you know, 11.45. I treat myself to a bit of telly on a weeknight. And uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so if I wake up at like 7.20, I'll treat myself to some Fox Sports news. Nice. And this morning, that's exactly what was on. And uh, it was great. Mate, this, there's this thing that I've wanted to post on social media before, but it's just like really mean. There is this Fox Sports reporter with the biggest head <laughs> I've ever seen. He knows he has a big head. You can't tell him. I know. I know yeah, you. Yeah. I can't tell him. That's yeah. why I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, this guy's head. He was interviewing George Cambosis. And uh, I honestly couldn't even focus on what, <laughs> on what Ferocious was saying. Dude, this kind of looks like if Jimmy Neutron turned up and got heaps into rugby league. Mm, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that you do find that in the world of sports broadcasting, where you're like, you didn't go to journalism school, you went to journalism school, you didn't go to journalism. Yeah. It's just by head of circumference alone. Do you know? Do you know what, dude? You're so on the money there, <laughs> because I'm looking at this bloke, and I honestly respected him more as a journalist because I thought, fuck, he's also got no hair, mm. so he's bald with the legitimately. I'm, I'm not even. This is a humorous <laughs> podcast. This guy's head's fucking huge. <laughs> Okay, dude, I'm looking at him and I'm honestly thinking, fuck, I respect this guy a lot more because for what it would have taken him to get an on-air role mm. with that head. Yeah, yeah, true. He must be an unbelievable journalist. Oh, true. Yeah, he's a hell of a researcher. Dude, this guy must fucking know what he's talking about. There's no way this guy fluffed his way into this role mm. with this head. Yeah, and he would have known about it as well. He would have been like, I want to get into broadcasting. And everyone was like, radio. And he's like, no, I know about the head, yeah. but I'm going to try for television. And he's done it. Dude, <laughs> I, I literally was sitting there and like, it felt like starting my day with like a fucking Tony Robbins video or something. <laughs> yeah. I was so inspired. Mm, that is inspiring. I Yeah, sometimes I do like the most I'll... Because it's like you talk about... If you just see someone that's like horrifically ugly in a position of power <laughs> you're just like fucking good for you like yeah because it's really hard to be like horrifically ugly in the world it is tough it is tough i'll say this and fox sports is traditionally one of the vainest <laughs> media companies there was this chick on today um they finally diversified after like <laughs> this is the first just not exclusively white person i've seen there was this sort of half, uh, I feel like if I guess her race, it's just going to become more discriminatory. But um, I want to say maybe half Arabian woman, sort of maybe a Lebanese background type situation. Middle Eastern woman. A Middle Eastern woman was on the telly. A Middle Eastern woman. Well, an Australian slash Middle Eastern. And she was killing it. But she was also maybe one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. So that makes sense. And then I remember there's this guy on who's like, he must be like a former lifesaver or something. He's like just the hottest guy I've ever seen. This guy's teeth are so white. I can't even focus on the stories. Mm. You know what I mean? And then we got old fucking, you know, mega mind over here. <laughs> and these people are all in the same staff room. Mm. It's unbelievable. Good on him. No, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I wish him nothing but the best. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Man, but uh, We sure do bitch about people a lot less when we set up the microphones. What do you mean? <laughs> Just generally, me and you. If these microphones were gone, we would have spiraled into absolutely naming names by now. 
What, as far as Fox Sports reporters? As far as the world, really. Oh, yeah. Mate, you and me got into it on Friday night. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot going on. I think at one point I threatened Jim Owen's life. <laughs> <laughs> and these cunts have left nothing for us. And we're going to have to fuck that when we're on top. There was a lot of like, all right. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, got out of hand. You know, it was one of those hangs where, like, I was like, holy fuck, it's 9.30. Mm. And I thought it was, like, 6.30. <laughs> and by this point, you know, there was a lot going on. But, uh, mate, speaking of that hang, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I, I take umbrage with something that happened. <laughs> oh, no. So, basically, what happened was Rowan came around for a few beers uh, on Friday night. And some light narcotic use. It's our weekend, too. And Rowan, just for context on this next yarn, were you scheduled to eat dinner at my place? Mate, there's no schedule where I go. I don't move. Were you ske- invited over as a dinner guest? I was not, but I did check in with you several times and said, yo, I'm, should I, we all good if I hang out here? And you said, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. I said, absolutely. And then I forgot to order some food. And then. And, and what did I say? Billy said, don't worry. I'll cook up some sausages. But then he spent about another two and a half hours naming names. But I was like, hey, could we get into the kitchen now? I like ate at 11 and I did a lot of work today. And you're like, yeah, one second. And these fucking losers. <laughs> I just wanted to eat, mate. I was peckish. Well, mate, we got those sausages on for you. You cooked them up as well. Mm. You've got kitchen experience and it showed. Yeah, a bit of onion, a bit of garlic. Mate, the fact that you fucking smashed up some garlic and put it in with the onions... I personally was blown away. <laughs> it's a low bar. That's something I never would have attempted. I made you spag bowl once. And when we were on that tour and you're like, wow, this is incredible. I'm like, what do you eat for dinner? And you're like, oh, I don't know, sausages, frozen vegetables. I'm like, fucking hell, man. Well, ne- well, honestly, like I've moved out, but I haven't like picked up any of the relevant skills <laughs> because Macca just cooks for me every night. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. And here's the thing. We do, the system is... Monday is Macca's night, Tuesday is my night, Thursday is Adzi's night, okay? That's the rotation. Mm. And then we buy a case for the house in alphabetical order. Mm. And that is the only two rules we have in the house. Mm. Apart from that, dude, draw a fucking swastika on the wall, okay? Mm. It's your time. Mm. But, uh, and so it was supposed to be Macca cooks Monday night. I cook Tuesday night. But I'm so bad at cooking, Macca like can't even watch me cut up an onion. (laughs) Like, literally within 10 seconds, he's like, mate, seriously, just get the fuck out of here. Okay, so that's what happened there. So, I invite you over to my home, not scheduled for dinner. You cook up the sausages. How many sausages were there, Rowan? Oh, do we need to play this out so slow? There were five sausages. I'm just giving the listener the relevant context so they can there make were up- five very delicious pork sausages. Five very delicious pork sausages- Little bit on the expensive side as well, yeah, you know, definitely. it's by the by, mm. but it was a Friday night. I treated myself to some upper echelon snags, and uh, here's the deal, dude there was five pork sausages. Okay, now you have two, I have two in bread, onions. Oh, let's beautiful, let's, it was excellent. Let's have I was a moment, very hungry. let's take a moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. I nail my second sausage, and I think, oh, geez. If I'm that fifth sausage, I'm in trouble. <laughs> if I'm that fifth so- sausage, I am shitting myself right now. And then I walk over. <laughs> the fifth sausage is gone. That's weird. Sausages don't fucking get up and walk away. And then you say that you had the fifth sausage <laughs> as, as an unscheduled dinner guest. <laughs> as an unscheduled dinner guest. 
All right. Obviously, I do need to learn when to turn the McGregor off in me. And here's, and here's what I said to you. I said, why didn't you just have half? And I said, I did. And then I, it was just like so delicious that I immediately picked up the- I halved it and was like, Billy will be okay with half. That seems fair. I'm incredibly hungry. I ate one half and I was like, all right, well, I don't actually care about anyone anymore. And I ate another half. As soon as that half was in my mouth, I was like, oh, I don't give a shit about anyone or Billy's house or like, fuck everyone. I need that half a sausage. And I was very, I was very remorseful about my sins. I, th- that was true, but it was so good. And I will ask you after this the brand of those sausages because they blew me away. They were fucking delicious. And, uh, mate, I, here's the thing. I'm not angry and I'm, I'm not even disappointed, <laughs> okay? Because all I wanted was the truth. Mm. The truth was that these sausages were too goddamn tasty. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> At 9.30 on a Friday night. They were incredibly tasty. Oh, yes. dude, this is oh, this is my Friday night last week. So I've been doing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stand-up comedy recently. It's been great, but I haven't really had a weekend off in a while. And uh, so my first Friday off in like maybe six weeks, dude. I dude, I'm on my walk at lunch, walking the town, loving it, <laughs> fucking loving it, dude. <laughs> dude, you want to see a guy bloody catch me on my lunchtime walk? Yeah. Fucking loving it. <laughs> Anyway, I pop into Coles. I get six. Oh, yeah, I had one of the sausages for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I get six of the most beautiful. Uh, also, dude, this is how much I was treating myself. I spent maybe five to ten minutes in the sausage section at Coles. <laughs> I love that that's your version of treating yourself. Like You haven't moved over to the steak section. You're just no, perusing the sausage. Okay, that's a fair point. We, on Thursdays, we have steaks. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I had a beautiful scotchy on Thursday. And... Uh, Here's the thing, man. I'm looking to have a heart attack by 59. So <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. You have a steak every Thursday. <laughs> One steak a week. That's all right. Yeah, I think it's fine. But I think combined with the other kind of stuff that you're doing. I, well, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know. I guess I've been poor for so long. A steak a week seems like absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Well, anyway, um, it's Adzi's night, so he buys them. But, uh, oh, well, dude. There we go. Well, that, there's the fucking hint of... Why Billy gets to eat a steak every week? I'm like, how the fuck are you affording a steak every dude, week? Dude, whatever, dude. Anyway, I pick out these beautiful sausages. I get a loaf of bread, some of the best sausages you've ever seen, uh, a big bottle of red, and a block of milk, Milky Bar chocolate. Mm. And I'm in- intending to come home, nail eight to ten beers, and blaze myself senseless, <laughs> and in- and enjoy those beautiful treats. And then and then you've come along for a hang. And I've shared all of those treats with you, mate. So yeah, t- but there was a lot of offering. There was a lot of I'll run up to the shops. I'll grab another bottle. I also did smoke all of your tobacco. Yeah, um, which you replaced the next day. I did, but obviously I woke up with pork sausages on the brain. I was like, all right, well, I can't be stealing tobacco as well, mate. Yeah, you yeah. can't be. You've been in this new suburb, what seven days? And I've already, been here a while. No, me. Oh right, been pissing off the neighbourhood. Oh yeah. I didn't want to bring it up at the community association meeting that do not let Rowan Arneal into your home. Oh, well, I'm he sure. He will it. eat your sausages. I'll be there, mate. There's a new paternal figure at the community association. Oh, wow. Dude, I tell you what, I think the sausages might retail for more than the tobacco. <laughs> yeah, probably. These were beautiful <laughs> sausages. Anyway, mate, well, thanks for joining us, Rowan. I appreciate it, mate. I love that we have this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, platform. So I can 
confront you publicly about some of the ways you've wronged me. Yeah, it's always good to be confronted in someone's small bedroom with microphones. It's a studio, mate. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, anyway, that is the end of Get Around Me for this week. Any relevant plugs I would have done at the end of the solo episode. And uh, George Cambosis fights on Sunday. I would have already spoken about that, but go on, George. (laughs) Fuck yeah, dude. All right, catch you later. All right, laters.